love you, Lord. With all of our hearts, we love you because you first loved us. We stand in your presence, the God who is love. You demonstrated your love. You went to the cross. You paid the price for our sin. And now we can stand in your presence without fear, without guilt. We're totally free. Because of your love. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So one more time, thank the Lord. Thank Him for all that He's done for you. Thank Him for what He's doing now. He's with you. He loves you. He's leading you. And He's guiding you. Just give Him thanks. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You're our healer. You're our Savior. The one who delivers us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you are. You are everything we need. Jesus, it's you. This worship is for you. This time is for you. Lord, we honor you in this place. We ask you to have your way. Continue to have your way. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. You can take your seats. Tell someone next to you that you love them. You are loved. Amen. Thank God for that. We have a God who loves us. We have brothers and sisters who love us. This family that we've been adopted into. It's all built on the love of God. The love of Jesus. And so we keep focusing on that. Amen. Amen. Thank God that he loves us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you all are loved. And we welcome you again. We're glad that you're here. We're going to go into God's word together. So if you have your Bible, you may want to open it. 
We'll have some of the scriptures on the screen. But I encourage you, I encourage you to open your Bibles. God is going to speak to us today. We're going to continue from last week. We're making some discoveries about the great I am. Amen. Amen. And that's who Jesus is. Jesus is he said, I am. When Moses asked God, what's your name? God told Moses, I am that I am. And we need to know him. We need to know who he is. What he does. The one who says, I am. He reveals himself as everything we need. Now remember Moses. He started out, he said, who am I? All his attention was on himself. Who am I? I can't do it. I'm not smart enough. He, he made his excuses because his focus was on his own deficiencies. But God wants to turn our attention and cause us to focus on who he is. Instead of focusing on myself, I need to focus on him. And by knowing him, by discovering who Jesus is, I discover my own identity. You'll never know yourself unless you know Jesus. You'll never know, you'll never know who you are unless you know who he is. Jesus is the great I am. And we ended last week, we were, we were introducing the first of seven statements that Jesus made. We call, them, we call them the I am statements. The Lord Jesus makes these statements about himself. And the first one is found in the Gospel of John chapter 6. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. That's in John 6, 36. I am the bread of life. When Jesus said that, he stirred up a big controversy. And the people who 
who were listening. They had a very difficult time accepting this truth. They even argued with Jesus. And it's because they didn't understand what Jesus was talking about. All they could think of was natural things. And we know that Jesus is not literally bread but he reveals himself this way so that we can understand who he is in our lives now the whole argument the whole dialogue it's all there in John chapter 6 and you ought to read it all yourself Sometimes when I read it, it makes me laugh. Because these people are arguing with Jesus. Arguing with God. And trying, trying to refute or argue the claims that he makes about himself. So we're not going to read the whole thing. But we'll pick up the story in verse 48. John 6, 48. Jesus says, yes, I am the bread of life. You know, they're arguing. And he just has to say it again. Yes, I am the bread of life. He said, your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever, and this bread which I will offer to the world, so the world may live, is my flesh. Amen. Amen. So he says, I am the bread of life. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. And if you eat this bread, you're going to live. Not like your ancestors. They died in the wilderness. But when you eat this bread, and this bread, what is it? He said, I will offer so the world may live. It's my flesh. And of course, he's talking about his sacrifice on the cross. Now, they had a hard time because they thought Jesus wanted them to eat his body. That's not, that's not what Jesus is telling 
But it's all about the sacrifice. It's all about what would happen to his flesh on that cross. That he would be crucified. That he would be beaten. He would hang there and die. And so he offers his flesh to the world. His body as a sacrifice. And through that we live. Amen. Amen. Let's thank God for his word. Father, we do thank you for this word, your living word. It's living bread for us today. And I ask you, Father, speak to us. Speak through my lips. Teach us today by your spirit in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for India. We pray for Sikkim. We pray for Gangtok. We bless this place. We speak peace to Darjeeling. We declare your kingdom is here. Your kingdom has come. And your will is being done in this place just as it is in heaven in the name of Jesus Amen I mentioned last week that being the bread of life Jesus is presenting himself revealing himself as the one who sustains us. Just like food sustains the natural man Jesus is is the only one who can sustain your spirit. He is our daily sustenance. But we must receive him as such. Jesus is only the bread of life for those who receive him. He is the great I am. And I am wants to be in your life. The one who says I am the bread of life. He wants to be bread in your life. But he doesn't force himself upon us. He doesn't force us to receive him or follow him. He doesn't force you to believe in him. You know, when Jesus said this, after he got done talking, 
And we must receive him. Amen. Amen. He alone satisfies. There is a hunger and a thirst in every person's heart. And only Jesus satisfies that. Only he brings peace to our lives. The soul finally finds peace in Christ alone. Amen. Amen. And he also compares himself to that manna. If you read your Bible, you might know what manna was. When Israel came out of Egypt, out there in the wilderness, no food, no crops, no seeds, no harvest. And so God sustained them in the wilderness. He caused this mysterious substance to appear on the ground morning after morning. And when they woke up and saw it, they said, what is it? And that's what manna means. It means, what is it? Have you ever had one of those meals? You're looking at your plate. And you're thinking, what is it? What is it? I remember when Rupak was with us in Bangalore, he made one of those meals. We got a plate. It was like a plate of manna, man. What is this? Amen. Amen. And so that, that's what it means, manna. What is it? But they, they lived on that. God provided them that food. And, and Jesus compares himself to that manna. Remember what he said. Your ancestors ate manna and died. Okay, so I mean, the manna was good, but it wasn't that good. You know, they ate it and eventually they died. Uh, I don't think it was the food that killed them, but it wasn't enough to sustain them spiritually. And so in the wilderness, they had something but Jesus has something far better. And so he makes that comparison. Your ancestors had it good. It was good for them. But there's something far better. They ate the manna and died. But if you eat this living bread, he said you'll never die. 
Okay, so thank God for the miracles of provision in the past. But Jesus makes it clear. He is far better. And what God has for us right now in Christ. It's far better than anything they had in the Old Testament. The manna in the wilderness it, it was a shadow of what God was going to fulfill through Christ. So let me try to put this together for you. Back to John chapter 6 verse 48 Once again Jesus said there I am the bread of life. He said your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness but they all died. Now it's interesting to me Jesus talks about their ancestors. Don't you know that you have some ancestors too? There are generations behind us and, and they understood certain things. They believed certain things. They had a certain revelation that they walked in. And that's true for every generation. Now Jesus, he acknowledges this. That, that their ancestors had something. But he's offering them something better. They died. He wants them to live. Especially here in India. We've got ancestors that believed all kinds of things. And they died. That those that faith that they had if it wasn't Christ. They didn't follow Jesus. They died. Okay? And we can't look back and, and believe things that our ancestors believed if it killed them, why should we believe them now? You know, there's certain traditions, certain ideas about God. But God has new revelations. He doesn't want us stuck in some old system. He certainly doesn't want us following dead gods. Jesus is the new and living way. Amen. Amen. So this is what Jesus says. Now look, I'm going to take you to Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8. And we'll come back to John 6, so you might need to be in both places. Hebrews 8 verse 5 it says they, they serve now who's they? The ancestors. They served. They served in a system of worship that is only a copy, a shadow of the real one in heaven. Now, 
कपी of the real one in heaven. अनि त्यो चाहिँ स्वर्गमा भएको साचो आराधनाको एउटा नकल मात्र हो। It was a copy or a shadow. अनि त्यो चाहिँ एउटा छाया या नकल मात्र हो। Now look at verse 6. अनि अब छपडला हेर्नुस्। Says but now Jesus our high priest has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood for he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant. with god based on better promises ani tara apata wahale teti mai barta shreshth seva paunu bhayeko cha jati ko waha jan uttam karar ko madhyastha hununcha jo karar ajhai uttam pratigya haru ma bandhieko cha okay so now there's jesus ani aba cha yaha yeshu hununcha their ancestors had a certain revelation ani unier ko pitampurkha ko ma et prakar ko prakash thiyo they had the manna ani unier ko ma manna thiyo they had miracles ani unier ko ma ashir karma thiyo they had their own experience with god But now there's Jesus. And the ministry he has is far superior to the the old one. And he mediates for us a far better covenant. It's based on better promises. So You know, I just want to tell you. I know most of you know this. Jesus is better. I mean, there's lots of things you could do. There's lots of people you could follow. I mean, who's the guy who's in jail now? How many thousands followed that guy? Jesus is better. He, he's not just better he's far better Jesus is superior to anything anyone that's ever been or ever will be and this covenant that we have with God it is based on better promises so better than what they had I mean every day they could wake up and find manna on the ground and that was good for them. अनि हर बिहानी उनीहरुले बिहान उठेर भुइमा मन्ना पाउँथ्यो त्यो उनीहरुको लागि राम्रो थियो. God has a better promise for you. तर परमेश्वरकोमा अब तपाईको निम्ति ज्यादा अझ उत्तम प्रतिज्ञा छ. So again that manna was a copy or a shadow. अनि फेरि पनि मन्ना चाहिँ त्यो नकल थियो या छाया थियो. It was pointing to something better that was to come. अनि त्यसले चाहिँ त्यो आउने वाला अझ उत्तम कुरालाई त्यसले चाहिँ देखाइरहेको थियो. The true manna that comes from heaven. Who's Jesus? And that's why Jesus can say this back in John chapter 6. John 6:50. Anyone, he says, who eats the bread from heaven will 
However, we'll never die. They, right? They ate, they died. But you eat this bread from Speaking of the sacrifice he was about to make. you receive this, you will never die. He said in verse 51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever, and this bread which I will offer so the world may live is my flesh. So who is he? He is the bread of life. And he's revealing himself as what we would call the redemptive meal. It's the meal that brings redemption into your life. I mean, it's the best meal you could ever have. You know, I've had some good meals. But that none of them changed my life. Right, I never, I mean, I, I, I finished my plate, I cleaned that plate, you know? I mean, when I enjoy a meal, there's nothing left. Right, it's gone. Every grain of rice, it's gone. All of it. I've seen some of those guys in West Bengal, man. They wiped it clean, you know, get that last little bit of dal off there. They get that stuff. Right, but none of them could say after they ate that meal, man, this meal has changed my life. I don't know what you put in the doll, sweetie. But I will never be the same again. That food was a life transfer life-transforming meal. Right, it never happened. You never ate anything and just, you know, my, my life will never be the same again. And even for Israel, in the wilderness, man, they were getting tired of that man. They, they were getting sick of that man every single day. How many like to eat the same thing day after day after day? I can't stand it. Right, give me some variety. I want some different stuff. And so they enjoyed it at first, but they were like, man, this is getting old. I want something different. It wasn't changing their life. But th this redemption meal, this meal that we receive in Christ, where our spirit comes alive, it, it is the best meal you'll ever have. It literally changes your life. I mean, if you can imagine it that way, 
you get done eating that soup and you're different. You're different. I will never be the same again. That's what happened when I met Jesus. That's what happens for every person who meets Jesus. You get some of that bread from heaven and you're different. You're alive now. I've been changed. Why? Because of that bread from heaven. That redemption meal. So much better than manna. You know, that manna was all about living day to day, from miracle to miracle, miracle to miracle. Every day they needed a miracle. You know, there's a better way to live. Thank God for miracles. But God doesn't want you just living from miracle to miracle, especially when it comes to provision. Every day they had to gather that miracle. But in Christ we have something far better. There's a better promise of provision. See, in the wilderness, Israel couldn't sow any seed. And they were moving around so they couldn't grow crops and have a harvest. But when they entered the promised land, let me remind you of something. The promised land isn't waiting for you in heaven. Heaven is heaven. But you enter the promised land when you enter Christ. When you receive Jesus and you come into the family of God, then you're part of the kingdom of God. And so right now in Christ, you are in the promised land. Now it gets better and better. Heaven is waiting. But you don't have to wait until you get to heaven to enjoy God's blessing. Once they got into the promised land, all of that living day to day, miracle to miracle, that was going to change. And then in the promised land, they'd be able to sow some seed. So understand this about provision. Yes, God can provide supernaturally. He can bring a miracle of provision into your life. But that's not 
what he chooses or that's not his best for you. Instead, he'd rather give you some seed. And you start sowing that seed. And you start producing a harvest. And so you're not in a crisis anymore. You're not panicking, thinking, what am I going to do tomorrow if God doesn't meet the need? What am I going to do? You know, Israel would have panicked if they woke up one day and there's no manna. God doesn't want you living that way. He'd rather you go to sleep at peace because you already know there's seed in the ground and there's a harvest waiting for in me my, in my future. Amen. And so you can wake up and you can reap your harvest. You can have your needs met that way. Through faith in Jesus, we enter a whole new system. It is a kingdom and it's built on better promises. It's built on the revelation of who Jesus is. And he is the great I am. He is the bread of life. I want to close with a story from the Old Testament. And so go to 1 Kings chapter 19. We'll close with this. I was reminded of this last week while we were listening to one of the pastors from the, the conference that we watched. 1 Kings chapter 19. Remember what we saw under the old covenant it was only a shadow of better things to come. So the miracles of old and we're going to read one in, in 1 Kings 19 but these kinds of miracles they were just a taste. They, it was like an appetizer. And, and there was something better coming. You know, the full meal was on the way. The fullness we find in Christ. And so any of these miracles we read about in the Old Testament, not only can God do them again, but he'll do far better. Amen. Amen. First Kings chapter 19. Verse 5. It's, this is about Elijah. As he lay and slept under a broom tree, it says, Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And Elijah is about to enjoy a supernatural meal. 
But remember, this is under the old covenant. Verse 6. He looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water, so he <coughs> ate and drank and lay down again. Remember what the angels told him. Arise and eat. Arise and eat. I don't know what he did exactly. Because he was laying there. And maybe he kind of moved his head a little bit and he, there he saw some cake and some water. But we don't, we don't read about him actually getting up. So he just kind of moves his head and starts eating that cake. You know, he's desperate right now. He's like running for his, for his life. He's afraid of this wicked queen named Jezebel. And he's wanting to die. But God is saying, arise and eat. And there's that supernatural meal sitting there by his head. And he goes and he eats it up and lays back down again. Verse 7. The angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. Okay, now we always have to see these things in light of the New Testament. And do you know that you have some options with your life? You, you, you could lay there or you could do something. And, and God didn't want Elijah just laying there. He said the second time, Elijah, arise and eat. The journey's too great for you. So there's a journey. There's a future. There's a destiny. There's something I want you to do. But to do it, you need some fuel. You need some food. You need some energy for the journey. And so, he arose. This time he arose. He ate and drank and he went in the strength of that strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. Amen. Now that's pretty good. That's a pretty good meal. I mean, he didn't need food for another 40 days after that. And that, that food took him as far as he needed to go to the mountain of God. Forty day journey, whatever it was. Forty days. 
He made it on that meal. Let me tell you. Jesus is the bread of life. If Elijah could eat this bread and drink this water in the Old Testament and have strength for 40 days. You need to know Jesus will do far more. Jesus doesn't just strengthen you for 40 days. He strengthens you for a lifetime. And, and this redemptive meal, the bread that comes from heaven, this is life changing. This will cause you to endure. And you will reach the destination. Okay, God had a journey for Elijah. God has a journey for you. But in order for you to complete the journey, you're going to need some supernatural fuel. This is, this is who Jesus is. His sacrifice. His life. This is the supernatural meal for your spirit. And if you'll receive him and continue to receive him continue to come to him you will have supernatural strength in your life. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? We're in a closing worship.